the religious leaders have a lot of capacity yeah. to change yeah, to yeah. change the yeah. decisions to change our yeah. our our leaders to talk to them and even the communities about this crisis so i believe 100% they should be in fact they are the very first people to be listened they should be the very first ones yeah. to take the decision because they have the following Hello! Welcome to the Together podcast. It's a conversation about faith justice and how to help change the world. I'm here with Adam and Jack and we just had an amazing countdown. How did people feel about that? Yeah, it was quite exciting, wasn't it? it was like, oh, I'm going into something <laughs> important here. I like the music. Yeah. The music really, really got me in, into the mood. In this episode, we'll be hearing from a Rasta who flew in from Uganda to visit his networks in the UK. And we had the joy of being able to interview him in our Teddington office in London. Rasta is a man with many talents. He is the religious representative in the Uganda Youth Parliament. He's a youth worker with the Church of Uganda, Diocese of Kampala. He also was the Ugandan delegate in the Commonwealth Youth Roundtable during CPC Uganda. And he represented both Uganda and the Church of Uganda in COP26 and the Conference of Youth 16 in UK, Glasgow. He coordinates 37 youth ministries in Anglican churches within the city of Kampala on a daily basis. So as you can see, he is a man of many talents, does a lot of climate activism, so that's going to be great. But before we hear from him, it's time for our link up section. This is where we link up the intersection of faith and justice and hear from one of you or someone new. So welcome everyone. We're chatting to Jack today, our previous fellow Youth and Emerging Generation team member in We Are Tier Fun, but sadly he is moving onwards and upwards to the campaigns team. Jack, do you want to introduce yourself to the listeners? Yeah, sure. So I'm Jack. Um, I live in Worcester and I'm a campaigner for Tier Fund, which means I've spent a lot of time working with churches and different people thinking about how we can tackle climate change in the way that we live and uh, influence governments and companies. And I'm about to start a new role leading on our uh, campaigning on plastics and poverty at Tier Fund. That's so exciting. So before we get into kind of the more campaigning side of things, we have a couple of questions from the fans. <laughs> Adam. <laughs> but yeah, we wanted to get to know you a bit more. So Adam, do you want to start us off? I thought that was a real cop. <laughs> that, was, that was very convincing. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, you recently got a dog. What is one of the secrets of owning a dog that you wish you knew beforehand in brackets that you can tell me because I want to get a dog? <laughs> well you will have seen that they are pretty unpredictable we've had to record this section like 12 times because every time we tried she started barking over us I think one of the secrets of owning a dog um, that I didn't realize before is that literally everything about them is trained so like you don't want them to jump up and eat your dinner off your plate you have to teach them not to you don't want them to poo on your kitchen floor you have to teach them not to like l- there is nothing natural about a friendly dog it's like all training and it is a lot of work they are totally worth it I hadn't realised quite how much work they were. Wow, Adam, are you going to get a dog now or is that put you off? Yeah, still definitely getting a dog, for sure. They're totally worth it. You, that endorsement, yeah, that ticks the box for me. My friend was training their dog and I stepped in like the newspaper. Before the dog went outside to wee, it like weed on newspaper and I stepped on it. And that's just a childhood memory that stayed with me. So guys, unpopular opinion, I'm never going to get a dog. I mean, do it. But also, Jack, how come your dog's called Disco? What's the meaning behind that? There isn't really. It was just like a middle of the night name. So we're also expecting a baby this year. We had a couple of dog name Woo! options and then we were like, they're actually quite good human names. I don't think we can waste them on a puppy. Um, so we had to come up with a name that we wouldn't give a human, um, which is where Disco came from. Apologies to any of our listeners called Disco. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, please oh. comment. Send us some hate mail if you're called Disco and you feel... 
othered because that's Jack Wakefield's fault. So you do a lot on climate activism. How do you cut through all the climate jargon and actually work out what reports are saying when you read them? Because it can be quite confusing. Yeah, it can be. And there's loads of information. And then everyone has different opinions about what it means or what it says or what you should do about it. I think finding a few people who you trust who are really bright and know their stuff has really helped me. So like two examples of that would be there's a campaigner in Luton called Jeremy Williams, who has a blog and like an email newsletter called the Earthbound Report. And then there's Mary Heglar in the US who has um, uh, another email newsletter and a podcast called Hot Take. She's a bit sweary, but she's brilliant. And both of those are really good at communicating what's going on politically and in the science and then fo following different people on social media and just seeing how they interpret and simplify the information really helps for when I then go and read it myself. So that would be like Catherine Hayhoe or v Vanessa Nakate or Eric Colthus are all really good communicators and worth a follow. Mm, that's so helpful there's a yeah there's a good i'm definitely gonna uh, google all those people well i mean we no, i can't say we met you know uh, them what are you trying to say Vanessa you've Nicarte, already you're already we, fans of them vanessa <laughs> Nicarte, uh re-grammed a, a reel of her so we're basically busy mates nice yeah we're famous we're famous jack you are our intelligent person that we go to for advice so <laughs> even though you're leaving our team we're still we're still gonna go to you for that and then I'll one. go to all of those people and see what they said. <laughs> yeah, I mean, pay, pay it forward, knock on effect. But yeah, thanks so much, Jack, for answering that. We feel like we know you a little bit more. Good thing is you're staying on for the next section anyway, so we can talk more. If you're listening at home and want to submit a question of your own, head to at weirdtearfun on Instagram and send us a DM or leave us a voicemail, either asking a question or sharing your thoughts. We love hearing from you. But now it's time for our next section, which Adam is going to lead, the plug-in. Hey, yeah, welcome to the plug-in section uh, where we plug in about what's going on around the world, offering a perspective based on our faith. As Jack is an uh, campaign specialist um, who has been in many spaces from COP26 to Parliament to campaigns, boot camps in all the way in Haiti, he's been advocating for change for many years. We thought it would be great to hear from him about our new climate change campaign and also the most recent IPCC report. Jack, thanks so much for uh, sharing your thoughts. But uh, where should we start? How about the IPCC report? What is it? Why is it relevant? What does IPCC stand for? All of that kind of jargon busting stuff. Yeah, sure. So IPCC stands for Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, which doesn't really help at all in understanding what it is. But it's like <laughs> a body of scientists and experts from almost 200 different countries. It's not a political body. It's like a scientific body. And what they do is look at all of the information and research around climate change and kind of pull it together into massive reports for governments to use to decide what they're going to do about climate change and so there was a new report earlier this month and it was actually the third in a little series so there was one last summer and there was one in February and then there was this one and then later in the year probably around October they're going to combine all of the learning from all three reports into one big one ahead of COP27 in Egypt in November and the report a couple of weeks ago didn't really get much coverage I don't think most people knew it even happened partly because it is so long and it's sometimes hard to get your head around so a very quick overview of I don't know maybe like 10,000 pages worth of science the first <laughs> report that came out last year was looking at the causes and the reality of the climate crisis. So it was clear that there is now no debate the climate crisis has been caused by the actions of humans and particularly like 
us in wealthier economies. We've caused it and it's having a huge impact. Then the second report earlier this year was about the impact of climate change. So thinking about how we need to help people adapt as the world changes. And so that report showed the huge impact climate change is already having on people, especially those living in poverty and indigenous peoples. And it looked at what is needed to help communities adapt and survive to the huge changes that are happening around them already. And the report kind of said two things. So it said we need to listen to indigenous knowledge. So learn from those who care for creation well and see what we what we can learn from them and how we can make space for them to lead. And we also need much more finance from richer countries to help the the rest of us adapt and change to uh, what's going on. So we'll maybe talk about this a bit later on. But back in 2009, richer countries like ours promised loads of funding to help communities adapt to climate change. But then we failed to deliver on that promise and countries are still waiting for money. And it was something we thought we would see at COP26 and we didn't. And the money failed to appear. And so that was something that was talked about in this report. And also in that report, they talked about colonialism. And it was the first time that an IPCC report has talked about uh, colonialism, not only as a historical cause of climate change, but also something that continues to drive why some people suffer so much more from the impacts of the climate crisis than others. And this is a really big deal because those reports, the really long ones are put together by scientists, but then the summaries where colonialism was talked about is put together by scientists and then has to be agreed upon word by word by all the scientists and governments from 195 countries. And colonialism was in there after all of that. So it's really important that we recognise how that is at play and good to see that so many governments uh, recognise that it's an important thing we talk about when we talk about fixing climate change. Mm, it's so good having you explain it because I think otherwise these reports can just like sit somewhere and like it's not that everyone's like reading it. So it's really important to know. Also, I can't believe it's taken this long for colonialism to actually be mentioned when it's just, yeah, it's so integral to like the climate injustice that we're seeing. The fact that top leading scientists and 195 governments are saying that this is important, not only historically, but for now. I mean, if that doesn't give you a reason to listen and like actually to take it seriously, then I don't know what does. Uh, yeah, thanks so much for sharing that. The reports are, yeah, like, like you say, thousands of pages long. And yeah, so it's great to have like those condensed down into a into a more understandable format. And then you were talking there was the most recent one recently you mentioned. Can you tell us a bit about that one as well? Yeah, so that one was so we had the first one that was the science of climate change, the second one about the impacts. And so then the most recent one was all about how we can fix climate change, so about solutions. Uh, one climate scientist, Eric Holthus, who I suggested we follow on social, explained that this was like the most comprehensive set of climate solutions ever assembled. And it shows exactly what we need to do to fix this. So the big picture is that if we are to limit warming to 1.5 degrees Celsius, which is like thought to be the safer limit and avoid some of the worst impacts, then our emissions need to peak before 2025, be halved by 2030, and then we need to reach basically zero emissions before 2050. So it sets out like a really strong timeline for us. The bad news is that right now our emissions are still going up. So each year we're emitting more than we did in the previous year, except for like the lockdown blip. And that rich countries are most responsible for this. So the least developed countries have emitted a tiny 3% of global emissions. Um, so there's a huge amount of work for countries like ours. But the good news in the report 
is that they looked at thousands of different future predictions and they concluded that we have all the solutions we need and that they're affordable. So if you look at things like renewable energy, the cost of renewable energy has dropped 80% since 2009, which is way quicker than any predictions from scientists about how quickly we would endorse it and how cheap it would become. So solutions are getting cheaper and, and more achievable than ever. Um, so some looked at this report and said, like, it's too late to do anything, that the window for action is getting so small that we can't do it. Um, and there is there is real warning signs in these reports about how we are running out of time to act. But this report also shows us that we have the solutions we need to do. There's a huge amount we can do and need to do right now. And giving up now is as bad as denying there's a problem because both of them lead to us doing nothing. So some of the key things they said was that we have to stop extracting more fossil fuels right away. Uh, we've all, we're already extracting enough to push us beyond 1.5 degrees. So we can't have any more fossil fuel projects anywhere. Then they looked at transforming industry or circular economies, greening our cities with public transport, restoring forests and loads of other things. Literally like a massive report full of solutions of the things that we can do to fix this. Um, and one of the things they said was that changing our lifestyles as individuals can have a big role to play, can help emissions drop rapidly and help to shift society as well. So they looked particularly at shifting to sustainable diets and changing the way that we travel and seeing how that can put pressure on businesses and governments to implement the solutions we need. So right at the heart of why we haven't taken the action we need, the report says, is the links between politics and power and their commitment to the status quo and not doing enough. But they said that if each of us are taking individual lifestyle actions, if we're changing the way we eat and travel, and if we're speaking up and lobbying our governments and businesses, that we can bring about the pressure needed to kickstart the transformation that we need in the next few years. So the report, I think, was really encouraging. We have everything we need, but we still need the political will to act. So as citizens, we have a massive role to play. We can speak up, we can tell our friends, we can live differently, and we can push for change because the solutions we need are here. And there's a whole catalogue of them in the latest report. I think that balance between the hope it gives and the like the necessity for action that it gives is really good we the the weight of uh, having too much hope and having too much uh, fear and too much anxiety about things and there needs to be a good balance which i think is really good from from this report and yeah i've i've seen a lot of people say that this one's this one's more hopeful than than the last sort of two have been about impacts and and where it's all going wrong whereas this one is is more uh, because of the the topic of it is more about what we can actually do to to help the world yeah and it's encouraging to know that we have everything we need now i mean i am a little bit cynical on how much world leaders will listen but i think it goes back to kind of that like since the beginning of time you know power to the people it's like when students have risen up like when we've got together and actually wanted to cause change sometimes we don't need to just wait if we're like world leaders we can put on that pressure and hope that they act the same I know there can be a bit of a debate between like individual lifestyle choices like we have to make sure we're not being like western individualistic by just focusing on ourselves like we can't all just be like vegans and stuff but you were mentioning that the report shows that it does put pressure on the government or businesses could you talk a little bit more about that and like how yeah how we can take encouragement from that yeah sure yeah because there's a danger with individual lifestyle change that we kind of think oh if I just do this action then it's going to fix climate change and like big oil companies have really wanted us to think that right it was BP who invented the carbon footprint and said like oh if you just worry about your emissions then everything will be fine um, I didn't and that's actually just, know that 
it's mad isn't That's it so cheeky yeah and so like yeah there's a danger with lifestyle action that you think like oh I'll just do my small bit but like if I just do my action by myself it isn't going to make that much of a difference but actually if loads of us are doing it what it does is help to create political space so if loads of us start doing something differently it begins to shift the social norms in society things that we find acceptable or normal or appropriate and then it creates this vacuum between like where people are at and where government policies and business practices so if you think like with plastic pollution in like 2018 2019 after blue planet lots of people started responding in their lifestyles and then there was this big gap between companies producing loads of plastic and people who were concerned about it and so then you saw governments and businesses change and we saw the same with black lives matter as well during the pandemic of more and more people being aware of systemic racism and then companies and and governments responding and neither of those we saw people responding like in the fullness of what's needed but we saw huge progress because people begun to have conversations and choose to live differently themselves and so what's powerful about our lifestyle changes is that it um it's part of our worship as christians it's part of like honoring god glorifying him but it's also um like make making that political space and showing that actually as society we we want to see something different and that's what the report was mentioning is that it can help create that political pressure for change really interesting yeah and we talked about uh climate finance a little bit in um in amongst those reports and what's really exciting is that we at tier fund have a new campaign called time to deliver um which launches this week can you give us a bit of info about that and and yeah what what can we do to kind of engage with it as well as as young people yeah sure so Last year before COP26, some of you might remember, we are Tier Fund community had a campaign called Take a Stand. And one of the things we were calling for together as a community was to see governments provide climate finance and to act on their promises that actually like it's those living in poverty who are most impacted by climate change, but have done the least to cause it. And it's our responsibility as richer countries who've benefited from decades of fossil fuel use and colonialism that we help to like fund the transition to a sustainable future for everyone. And that was something we were calling for together as a community and we didn't see happen at COP26. And so this year we're pushing much harder on that one specific thing to try and see say to governments around the world now is the time to deliver on this so back in 2009 years and years ago tier fund and a bunch of other organizations were calling on governments to commit to providing this kind of money to support communities to adapt and we won the campaign they promised that by 2020 uh, governments would provide 100 billion dollars every year to help poorer countries adapt to the climate impacts and invest in a sustainable future but 2020 came and went and that money wasn't like provided and then we thought we'd see it at cop 26 and it didn't happen and so this is what we're calling for ahead of cop 27 that is in egypt this year now must be the time that they deliver on this promise so that communities around the globe can adapt at Tearfund, we're working with churches and organizations, people like Erasto, all around the world who are like pioneering amazing solutions to climate change. But what we need is this money to help scale up this innovation and these ideas. Like the solutions already exist in communities, and it's this lack of funding that's stopping the solutions from scaling up in the way and the speed that we need. What would you say to people in our community, especially um, young people? How can they kind of get involved with this campaign as well? 
Yeah, so one really easy way to get involved in the campaign is to simply sign the petition. And now, like, you might see petitions all over the place, but for us, petitions are a really powerful way of us lobbying uh, politicians are saying, do you know how many Christians care about this issue? And so signing the petition on TFM's website would be a really easy way of doing that. Uh, But also praying, like, we've seen prayer shift government policies in the past. And, like, I really believe that we can see that as well. So, like, pray with faith Mm -hmm. that... Like God can move even the biggest political mountains and yeah, like bring this to him and like seek his wisdom on like what we should be doing and and like how you can be involved. I often think about Esther in the Old Testament, how she like prayed and fasted before going to the king and actually then ended up hosting a series of banquets um, to, to lobby the king and influence him. And I'm like, I wonder if she would have done that if she hadn't first prayed and listened to like God's tactics. So I'd say like pray, like seek God, ask him to do this, but also be listening to how you might play your part. So yeah, easy thing to do is sign the petition. Yeah, that sounds really cool. I love that you mentioned Esther because I remember when, I don't know, maybe it was the first month in, I asked Jack who his justice warrior is, like who in the Bible encouraged him. And he said Esther. And I thought I was so good. It only took him like two seconds to reply. So it just shows, yeah, you've really been thinking about like inspirational stories. And I think sometimes we can think that the Bible isn't really like as relevant, like where do we see campaigners, but actually like we see Esther. And I think I'm really encouraged by the story of the persistent widow, because it wasn't that the judge was righteous, like the judge was still unrighteous. It was just because the widow was like bothering him so much that he decided to like grant her her wishes. So actually, we know that this is like part of God's heart to care for the climate. But even if people don't see that and aren't compassionate or want to like push their own agenda, we can bother people enough that they want to change. I think it's really cool that Take a Stand had about 3,700 approximately signatures from young people. And like we've seen young people lead in so many climate justice campaigns. So yeah, I believe that. Well, amen to what you're saying about prayer shifting things. I think faith in action, yeah, prayer in action as well. It's just really exciting to see that change. But yeah, just thinking about like continuing and like remaining and campaigning and like not giving up. I guess like Jack, you've been doing this for a while now. Like I would say I've learned a lot from you and you have a lot of wisdom. People listening who are campaigners and they're just maybe they're like, what, you know, what really is the difference? Like there's still a crisis, there's still injustice. What would be like your one kind of message to them to just encourage them to keep going? What has helped you keep going? Oh, that's a really good question. I think it can be like so demoralizing when you're campaigning and it feels like you're not seeing the kind of progress that you need or that you're longing for. I think there's probably two things I'd say, like holding on to stories of where campaigns have won and like finding stories of campaign victories where you can see real changes happened is really helpful because then you like it restores your belief in what you're doing. And then I'd say the second thing is to kind of also release it. It's Jesus' kingdom that we're seeking, not ours. And so like he's going to do the hard work. Our job is to be faithful and to pursue justice all we can, but not believe that we are like the heroes that are going to bring justice. And I think for me, that kind of letting go is so important as well. There was an activist I met at an Extinction Rebellion event, actually, who said that like our calling isn't to be successful, it's to be faithful. And for me, I just hold on to that line all the time of being like, even if we don't win these campaigns, like we're going to shout for justice as loud as we can. But know that actually our job is to be faithful to the God of justice, even if we're not successful in bringing about the justice that we want. Mm. Wow, that's powerful. It's Jesus' kingdom we're seeking, not ours. Thanks, Jack. Glad I asked you. Awesome. Yeah, thank you for joining us. It's been great having you with us, Jack. We'll obviously drop all the links to the new campaign where you can sign that petition, all those kinds of things in the bio for the podcast. And now next up, we've got our conversation that we had with Arasta and we had it in person, which means we actually got to film some of it. So if you want to see Arasta 
in not in real life but on a screen you want to see him rather than just hear him um then you can catch uh clips of it on our youtube as well um they'll release over the next couple of weeks um that's just we are tier fund on youtube if you want to find us over there yeah cool let's go with arrest so hey arrasto thank you for joining us today can you tell us a bit about who you are and tell us what you've been doing Hi, Sadeep. Uh, thank you very much. Yeah, as you said, Eraso Richard is my name, and the other name is Magamba. Uh, that represents where I come from. I work with the Diocese of Kampala. Oh, I love to say I serve, because oh, nice. I don't work. Yeah. I serve with Impressive. the Diocese of Kampala. I serve good. Yes. And uh, I'm the youth coordinator, and uh, the Diocese of Kampala is at the Church of Uganda, Church of the Province of Uganda. Mm-hmm. We're doing a great work amongst young people, and uh, we're seeing their lives being transformed and uh, doing great things. And one of the most important things we are really caring about the environment and uh, God's creation according to Genesis. Go and have dominion. God rule over everything on earth. They're creeping and what and so forth. And so, yeah, we are taking that responsibility. And uh, the young people are really very good people to work with. Very, very, very enjoying. Yeah. Amazing. And last time I saw you was at Glasgow, at the COP26 in Glasgow. Um, but tell me, how's your trip here going this time? This is your second time coming? Or you've been to the UK many times, haven't you? Uh, no. Uh, I think or is this your second time? Yeah, this is my second time. Oh, amazing. Yeah. So yeah. how's your trip going so far? Oh, it's really good. Wow. Uh, the weather is very good. Mm. <laughs> Compared to what was in no Scotland last all. year in Glasgow. Oh, wow. it was awful. Enjoying the sunshine. <laughs> yeah. It's called a scorch. Is it a scorching sun? Scorching sun, yeah. I'm just asking. I don't know. Is this this feeling scorching for you? No, I'm just asking. (laughs) Because I was told that is a law that you have here. But in Uganda, we have boom a lot. So, yeah, it's really good. I've been enjoying and I'm still enjoying. And I'm here enjoying. Oh, amazing. Love it. Yeah, it's so great to have you with us. We work with young people as well, so we know that they're really, really cool. But before we get into you, climate justice, we wanted to ask you if you could have dinner with three people dead or alive, who would you pick? Well, yeah. well, that's a tough question. <laughs> and why would you pick them as well? Oh, first and foremost, that would be good. Ah, yeah. Yeah, um, I really want to find out God's creation, how he created us, how we keep on evolving, how we... I really want... I have a lot of questions going down. Yeah. How he created us differently. Some people are good, others are bad. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, he keeps on telling us, love your neighbors yeah. as long as that person is bad. Please do love, 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 love. And love is everything. You know, I love reading, uh, is it First Corinthians uh, 113? Yeah, 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 yeah. It talks the, about love. Yeah, yeah it's so beautiful. Yeah, so I think uh, that the first one would be God. God, yeah. And the uh, second one, wow, I want to meet with some of these Presidents are really making decisions mm. and really making mm. us really suffer. Especially presidents from uh, uh, China, the, the, the UK Prime Minister. And Boris, they, you want to yeah? be Boris? Ah, yeah, <laughs> it's just it. tough, tough questions uh, yeah. Yeah, about yeah. damage and loss uh, in, the, in the global south. And yeah. uh, uh, why are they not taking the decision? And you know, in global south you find that there are many few countries that are really okay many countries that do emit little and then are probably mm-hmm. i don't know how they made that decision of choosing them to be in global south anyway that's a story yeah. for another yeah. day <laughs> yeah and my third person will be ah wow my dad oh that's nice. really lovely yeah he passed on uh, 
way back uh, 20 mm. of and I was a boy I didn't yeah. get much time to know about him mm. yeah. and as I grow I really take a picture of him I yeah. really grow to know what he used to tell me he used mm. to tell me when you grow up you'll be like me I, I used to love yeah. a lot of things and then I could ask him a lot and then he's like no yeah. I don't have this but anyway I'll find it but when you grow up you be like me you come and experience what you're asking for Aww. they will ask it from you yeah yeah, yeah. I love that. those are the three people yeah. i love that dinner because it's a bit of like questioning god questioning leaders but then also having family around and being able to yeah. spend time with your dad so it's yeah very good really good answer i like that so yeah you traveled to us from uganda we wanted to know a bit more of what's uganda like uh where are you from in uganda tell us about it uganda is a beautiful country you know why it's called the pearl of africa mm. it's full of green everywhere there are seas the water bodies are in simple terms. The green plants, the green vegetables, a lot of food. Ooh, mm. it's full of nice food. Mm. The good water animals, the hills and the valleys. So it's quite good. I come from, a, I live in Kampala, a central. Uh, that is, a, a, as you're going to Entebbe Airport, a bit, it's called Luwa, and that's where I stay, uh, live in that Good, good. It's a very good green environment. And uh, on the hill, I'm I able to see other hills out there. Uh, mm. It's really fancy. It's really fancy. Yeah. Oh, it yeah, sounds, sounds beautiful. beautiful. I want to go. I have a trip been. to Uganda. Have you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What was it like when you went? Yeah, I loved it. Yeah, yeah it's just really, really beautiful. What part of... Now, we're getting into the climate activism stuff here now. So what part of climate activism are you most passionate about? Well, I think... Uh, I have like three or four. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think uh, loss and damage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Loss and damage. Uh, we we hear about uh, our leaders, great leaders, always promising and promising and promising. I love it. Uh, recently, during UNEA in Nairobi, when Nakate was talking mm-hmm. to some of them, and then uh, he was asking you, so everyone was happy for the first question when, uh, when she did ask whether uh, they really see and they uh, really are caring about what is happening, and everyone's yeah. thumbed up. So mm. when she did ask them, are your governments going to take the responsibility mm. of yeah. uh, making sure that they yeah. uh, take up the responsibility that they've been promising in COPO 27? Everyone kept quiet. That oh, shows yeah. all the yeah. promising, all the promising yeah. that they're making, and nothing is happening. There's not, nothing like action. There's no action. Uh, to Climate justice, mm, yeah. uh, a lot is happening about there. A lot is happening. And uh, if we don't raise more people talking about it, the act, uh, activists and uh, other people are really bringing, up, bringing out a picture of it. Some people don't know about it. Mm. And one of the things uh, I'm really doing is uh, uh, dealing with the mindset, uh, teaching them. And it's one of the things that yeah. I, I'm doing back in the Uganda with the young people, like, yes, look here, yeah. good people, uh, young people, uh, young dogs. Yeah. <laughs> this is what it looks like. And uh, that is yeah. something that we need to take care of. Uh, also, looking about farming and agriculture, yeah. being that my country lies, the backbone of it is mm-hmm. farming. Agriculture has been gone are the days where our elders, our parents, our ancestors take care of agriculture as something that raised most of us mm-hmm. and uh, something that gave us this hopes us with food security providing a lot of food that uh, we don't face a lot yeah. of hunger in the world so mm-hmm. that's another thing that I care about and the fourth one 
uh, is about uh, uh, empowering activism towards yeah. climate change mm. and uh, this falls all in whatever I've said in different areas and different departments. We mm. find that uh, global south we are facing a lot. We need a lot of voices to come out. We need to uh, sensitize. We need to build yeah. a very good army, a strong, yeah. s- strong soldiers who are ready to take a part in this uh, climate crisis, most especially mm. in the global south. As we request the leaders to take the decision to yeah. move of uh, just talking to actions of yeah. uh, doing yeah it links so beautifully to the work we do within our community we are tier fund of building game changers we call them and leaders and you know the next generation they're the ones stepping up into that so it's amazing that that's what you're passionate about and and what is seen evidently in the work that you've been doing already for well, so long yeah, so yeah it's amazing yeah and i like your challenge that world leaders can't just say like yeah we want to make a difference they actually need to like put finances yeah. like make decisions change the way they're doing their politics and sometimes we can talk a lot about the temperature and climate change as a whole yeah, 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 yeah. um but for you where do you see climate change happening in uganda like where do you see the environmental degradation do you have any stories of what really made you spur into action uh in this journey of achieving one point uh one point five degrees uh mm. it's 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 a battle mm. and uh it's really affecting a lot uh, most especially in Uganda where I talk about damage sorry loss and damage uh mm. it's something very very big in Uganda. We usually have a lot of floods oh. when it rains in Kampala it's really very much you can't mm. move you know. I, I, when it starts raining in, when I'm in office, I, yeah. I, mm. I, I, I make sure that I run in that rain to mm. cross and then go out. Because I know I won't cross after three Later. or four hours. Yeah, yeah you'll get when stuck. It, yeah, when yeah. it's finished yeah. raining. And you see how people struggle. There's a lot of pictures that that, that have been showed on, 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 on social media about how it looks when it floods. And we have seen many dying. And because some of our drainages are covered up with water, you don't know where you're going. By accident, you step in a drainage, and then oh, it takes yeah. you, and then uh, you die. We've lost a lot of young people yeah, in that. Yeah. We have the eastern part of Uganda, uh, that is Bududa, Manak, Bududa, Manafa, and Budadiri yeah. districts, where it keeps on flooding, where water comes and then takes takes all the lands and people's houses as poor, their properties, their gardens, their whatever that they have, mm. they have to be replaced. Some don't allow because mm. that's where they get, uh, they earn a living and it's really uh, challenging how we don't care about it. When you move to Karamoja, yeah. the desert, oh Jesus, you see how they struggle, how they really find it to live a life uh, it's really hectic there is no food they can't even uh, they they are generally they are cattle keepers but mm-hmm. the grass is almost dried up and uh, oh, they yeah. can't find where cattle really eat hard. and then when you look at their cattle their malnutrition malnutrition i don't know in that direction and uh, mm-hmm. you t- you wonder why is all about us and uh, the yeah. suffering that yeah. comes across with it most especially in Kampala we experiencing a lot of sunshine. Wow, 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 wow. It's a lot. It keeps on changing and each and every day. Uh, we used to have seasons of farming and now yeah. uh, uh, the farmers are complaining and no longer having what we used to have. We find that January used to be for raining. It's no longer yeah. rain. It yeah. was time for doing, it was a season for uh, starting our, yeah. our farming and now it's 
turned up to be season for harvesting wow. and yet you have yeah. nothing to harvest yeah. yeah so it's quite challenging and most especially how people are living lives mm. in Kampala food is scarce to get and yeah. it's really challenging wow. very much yeah you know it puts it in perspective because I always complain that we don't have enough sunshine here in the UK <laughs> but then to hear about you know stories like this real life stories of too much sunshine and the effects that that has man makes me not want to ever complain <laughs> Honestly, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now, in your work, so since COP26, when we saw you last and interviewed you, you can find that on our channel if you're watching on YouTube. But what other movements and what work have you been doing since then? What are some new projects that you've been doing since last October when we last saw you? Boom! (laughs) No, let's hear him. COP26, at first, in fact, I should talk about the Conference of Youth, United Nations Conference of the Youth, 16th, yeah. Yeah. There's a lot that happened. I did appreciate it much because it left us hanging. Mm. What next then? Yeah. But along the way, we might have gotten the opportunity to discover ourselves and to take the responsibility as we, the delegates from different countries. If you are exposed, that exposure, you yeah. have to carry it back home. Yeah. The network, we have to carry that network. So mm. it has been a journey of achieving a lot of things. One of the things I started immediately when I went back in Uganda, was to start a movement for the young people mm. in the Anglican Church of Uganda, but in the wow. central part of it. That's amazing. Ooh, it's called One for Nature. One for, One nature. for Nature. For the Nature. I love that. And uh, I, it brings us as the diocese, the three dioceses that make up the central part of region, like the central region of Uganda. And uh, those are the three dioceses, Kampala, Namirembe Diocese, and Mukono Diocese. Mukono mm. is kind of industrial, so... Uh, the government is trying to make it industrial. And you know what happens in the industrial area? A lot of things mm, happen. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a, lot of, uh, a lot of things happen there. Yeah. Now, Namirembe, Namirembe goes to down deep in the, on the grassroots in different areas, mm. in the villages. Yeah. Uh, now, when I talk about uh, villages, I mean rural areas in Uganda. Yeah. And where yeah. most people are much affected. And they don't know about climate change. Mm. They, some know about environment. Someone asks you, what is climate change? Mm. Don't you see how seasons are turning upside down? Don't yeah. you see things are changing? They're like, okay, yeah, but what does it mean? So it's one of the things that are, uh, we are looking forward to doing or we're hoping to do. And uh, Kampala. Kampala is the center, the heart. You know, Kampala Diocese is called the Archbishop's Diocese. You know, the Archbishop of the Church of Uganda is the Bishop of Kampala Diocese. So it's mm. the heart. Yeah the yeah. heart of Church of Uganda and the heart of Kampala. So there's a lot that's happening, as I mentioned, about when it rains, the floods all comes with yeah. a, mm. a plastic car. It comes with a, a lot of uh, poor recycling and yeah. poor drainages, such mm. food. And uh, slums where people mm. are living, environment is not conducive much, and uh, how they're living life, how they're eating. So there's a lot happening. So that movement pushes a lot of pushes for a lot of things and uh, also sensitizing clergy mm. those are the uh, vicars uh, priests mm, uh, yeah. in our churches to uh, talk about uh, the congregants about climate change yeah, and, and protecting yeah. the environment and uh, one of the other things I'm doing I started uh, something in the schools which is moving which is focusing on three or four things that is uh, 
environment, uh, cleaning the, our communities uh, that is in line with the environment, uh, recycling. You know, one of the things I've realized in Uganda is uh, masks. Every student is supposed mm. to carry a mask, mm. but we don't know where how to recycle or where to recycle yeah. them. Yeah. So yeah. we are moving towards uh, doing that. We have a challenge that we don't have uh, enough dustbins in our schools and our mm. churches to sort uh the wastes because there is non-degradable mm. and degradable yeah. and also there is a challenge with the, uh, sorting those masks uh, mm. these are the reusable ones and non-reusable so that's also an, an, another challenge so we need, we're thinking about or yeah. we're doing about it we're also thinking about planting trees yeah. uh, we're thinking about uh, dealing with the mindset of the students about what do they understand mm. and what are they going to mm. do towards the environment mm. yeah. we're also thinking about Doing a competition, you know, whenever you want to see success in something, put competition. Yeah, I love competition. (laughs) Let there be something to be with. Let entice it with a token to be won. Yeah. Yeah. So we are going to do climate quiz or environment quiz or yeah. debate yeah. among us. Oh, the school. Should, we're going to start with the Kampala this year yeah. because the Kampala Metropolitan in the, the diocese that I've mentioned. Next year, we are going to go bigger. Yeah, from local, oh. regional to national. To national. Yeah, yeah. And Amazing. then uh, we shall have the yeah. winner. And uh, we're dreaming, very dreaming to yeah. have a winner being awarded uh, by the top most leaders in our world. We are thinking, however, we're still thinking about one. And we'd like to have the Archbishop of Canterbury if one <gasps> wishes wow. to come. Or any other decision maker. Very yeah, good yeah. in the church. It can be any big pastor, any big yeah, leader yeah. out there or present. Yeah. And yeah. boom, you know what happens? If you get yeah. awarded by the most respected with a mm. lot of legacy yeah. in the world, to be award to award you, yeah, it's a dream that you always dream. Really, because Aww. you keep on asking, "Who am I?" Yeah, what is this? What is this that is awarding me? That yeah. means I have to push, and then that yeah. legacy, and then that. Yeah, it also guides you in your career, in your life. Mm-hmm. So it's quite interesting. It's quite good, and uh, it's like a kickstart, isn't it? Into like so much more. I love that. Yeah, yeah, so it's one of the things we're going to do. Can I take part? I want to be awarded. I'm joking. I'm cheating. You know everything. I don't think so, I'm in. <laughs> in high school, so yeah. that would be for high school. High school in, in Uganda. But we're thinking of mm. going Africa, East Africa, Africa, and boom, we want to replicate this. I love it. It's I a pattern it. that can be replicated, isn't it? Could you do that across the different nations? Please. That is yeah. okay. Why yeah, not? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Fine. Yeah. Fine. I, love, I love that your dreams is not just like just Kampala. It's like regional. Beyond that. Yeah, local, yeah. regional, national, yeah. world. It's cool because we are supposed yeah. to dream big, especially as Christians. Um, and yeah, it's so amazing that you've got like different, like all the different steps. You've got like yeah. your four, like four part plan um, to really mm. make, yeah, your movement happen and to engage young adults. Yeah. Well, that's good. And finally, mm. finally, another one. I don't know whether yeah, I've yeah. taken a lot of time. There's something we are doing with the children. Uh, my department takes youth and children. Mm. So there's a youth wing yeah. and there's a children's wing. So we are doing, I'm making sure that every child that gets confirmed, going for confirmation class, has to plant a tree. Nice. Before wow. you get confirmed, it's a requirement. Yeah. As you yeah. are required to buy a Bible, to own your own yeah. Bible, yeah. you are required to plant a tree. 
Wow, I've never heard of that before. That's, That's really cool. Good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because then you'll get each person, and then they'll think about it. It's a lot of it. trees, and you never know. Yeah, what it's a lot of trees. A lot of trees. Yeah, that is amazing. And you know, one church. Yeah. I just had seven churches in Kampala. You know, one church confirms almost a hundred to hundred and fifty. That is oh, that wow. is for the first quarter. We have two quarters. We have yes. the first quarter, the yeah. second quarter. The first quarter happens when the year is beginning, and the mm. last quarter happens when the year is ending. Now, if one church takes a hundred and fifty. Yeah. So what will happen? We have almost 250 per year. So ah, that good. is one church. One church. Just now, one. one church, 250 or uh, 200 or 150 times, mm, 37 yeah. churches. How many trees do we have in a year? Oh, that's like 67, 70, 74 but, times? No, I can't do math. No, I'm like 70. No, I'm thinking about 74,000. Good. Okay, right. I knew it's I just didn't know how many zeros to add on. I'm not good at maths. Okay, that's <laughs> good. That's like that's 74,000. That is a good try. Thank you. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, we have already uh, gotten the places we have to plant trees. We're wow. going to plant on all the road reserves. Wow. Those good. are natural trees. Yeah. trees. All the roads. Mm. Those are the roads that come, come in Kampala and yeah. out of Kampala yeah. and within Kampala. We have extended the friendship and an agreement with the uh, NEMA, that is, uh, NEMA stands for National Environment Management Authority. The executive director oh, gave right. us a mandate. And uh, we signed a, an, an agreement that we are going to do that. Mm. Happen. It's going to happen. And yeah. it will be passive. You will be Amen. seeing. Amen. Oh, Amen. So we're hearing it here first. Yeah, 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 right. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, we need to watch your journey. Yeah. When it all blows up, we'll be like, we heard it here first. The rasta told us first. And <laughs> probably you'll be shocked when it happens. Yeah. So, yeah, that's another thing. We're doing a festival for children. They have been in love down for so long. Yeah, when's it happening? It's it's happening. Uh, we are planning to do it during the uh, the Environment Week on the Environment yeah. Day celebration, International Environment Day. Nice. And uh, uh, we're thinking of planting one tree. Yeah. Uh, every year in the center of Kampala. Yeah. And uh, we're having uh, the speak of the Parliament. Ah, uh, yeah. Coming. And, uh, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, so. That would be very good. That mm. festival will be the great festival or to mm. be the environment festival where children are going to march along yeah. the streets mm. uh, from different points, different churches, all the mm. Christian churches coming together. And that would be a great one. And uh, we shall see young people, most especially children, take part of this great cause. That's Amazing. exciting. Yeah. There's a lot happening. Yeah, this is so fantastic, like, the movements you do, engaging churches, the amount of, like, unity, I think that's so important, that's part of God's heart, but mm-hmm. we also want to know, do you have any, like, struggles when you're trying to influence people, like, does anyone say, no, we don't want to do this, like, especially mm-hmm. COP26, there's a big conversation about um, who is represented, so as, like, a Ugandan and East African activist, yeah, have you found any struggles in trying to get people to be involved in climate justice? You know, uh, life is always full of struggles. Mm-hmm. You get frustrated a lot when you're doing many things and when you're trying to achieve a certain goal, these ups and downs. So as the journey goes, uh, I was so much disappointed by COP26 this mm-hmm. year. Nothing was made apart from the Scottish money that the Scottish government that gave out in line with the loss and damage. But there's mm-hmm. nothing else. Our mm-hmm. leaders came and boasted, said anything. On their planes. And uh, yeah, yeah, you could see a lot of planes coming yeah, in yeah, and then moving out. That sense. picture really yeah. made me feel oh, like, mm-hmm. about the next one. Uh, in in uh, Shamasha, 
Shamosha. It's also so hard for me to pronounce. There, I've, I've tried many yeah. times. I tried the only yeah, one. Yeah. Also but within time, I'll, I'll catch up with it. Yeah. And uh, that would be a great time. So <laughs> one of the things we are going to do, or one of the things we are planning to do in uh, COP27, uh, we are organizing the ecumenical gathering. All the young leaders uh, in uh, interfaith, uh, faith-based organizations, but especially uh, we wanted to okay. We wanted it to be interfaith, but we realized that it's gonna be it's late, and uh, we need to work very fast. So mm-hmm. uh, we have the ecumenical one, and uh, probably it's going to happen where we are going to have different uh, organizations and uh, Christian organization institutions, churches, schools come together to talk about yeah. what we can do. Disappointments of uh, of uh, of. Uh, COP26 mm. uh, is a way forward for COP27. Yeah, you know, yeah. that's a good way to pray. That's then. really yeah, yeah. true. Yeah. For the future. yeah, the interfaith, we are not given the, the opportunity during the negotiation time, mm. during, the, yeah. during the presentation yeah. towards the ministers yeah. and the heads of state. So we're thinking, why not? Why the are they not? Such yes. yeah. Should I tell Should you something? Yeah. Mm. Should I tell you something? Yeah, yeah. Oh, go check you. about, go, go online or go or everywhere on social media. Check yeah. the following of the UN. Check the following of uh, uh, our countries, mm. governments. Go and check the following of Pope. Go and check the following mm. of different yeah. religious leaders. Yeah. You will see that the religious leaders have the impact, yeah. have the following. Yeah. And you know what happens? Have you ever, who has ever told you in the morning, apart from when you're still young, who have ever told you to go to church in the morning? It's human nature. You make a decision in yeah. the morning and go to church. Yeah. yeah. Why? Because we believe it's really important. Thank you. Yeah. So, as believers, we continue to go to church. Yeah. And after going to church, it's our own decision. It's our heart decision. Yeah, yeah. So, that means we have the, the leaders, the, the, the religious leaders, have a lot of capacity yeah. to change, yeah, to yes. change the yeah. decisions, to change yeah. our, our, our leaders, to talk to them and even the communities about mm. this crisis. So, I believe 100% they should be, in fact, they are the very first people to be listened. They should be mm. the very first ones yeah. to take the decisions in this because they have the following. That's yeah. true. And they are That's everywhere. So, so it's yeah, against yeah. this that we learn from our mystics and then to do something. So that's why we organize the engagement yeah, That's really cool. And it's a very Western thing to try and take faith out of it. Like most of the yeah. world does have some faith. So so to reach people and like their hearts you do need to be talking about spiritual things. So yeah. I think the church is so important. Yeah. You can't solve the problem of creation without the creator, right? It's you like, can't take God out of the picture. You, you just can't. Or his people. Or his people, absolutely. Now coming on to that and faith and, and on this subject of faith and justice Big question for you here, Arasto. The big question is coming. <laughs> what do you think God's transformation looks like and real change when we think about injustice? It is injustice. Oh, don't ask me. <laughs> we got you to answer this. It's okay. Yeah. The lack of justice. <laughs> but okay, fine. I just have something to share, something that yeah. I have on my phone. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. But I'll talk, I'll talk as my own perspective yes. as a yes. youth leader yes. yeah. and uh, my own understanding mm. about that. Yeah. So it's something that uh, I, I, I just prepared about. Yeah. We live in a world that is filled with suffering and injustice. Mm. Every day we read about how racism, rape and abuse of power is mm. on rise mm. globally. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, uh, I'll give an example in Makere University, where I come from. Mm-hmm. There's sex for marks. There's a lot of competition. We take mm-hmm. academics as a serious thing. So, mm-hmm. 
lecturers take the opportunity to sleep with the girls to give them higher yeah. marks, yeah, better grades, yeah. and, and, uh, and, and yeah, and and yeah. And, and, and and it's really growing each and every day. Mm. Our research has been made. There is no reports about it, so yeah. I don't it's know what is hidden. Yeah, and it's no surprise that one of the common objectives objections to Christianity is if God is real. Why is there so much injustice? Yeah, I get asked that question. a lot. Yeah, I mean, I've asked God that. Yeah, it's so good. it's good to ask him. Uh, yeah. So my own understanding, and I think maybe it's some something that uh, uh, about injustice, something that we uh, need to take uh, action. God, God is transformation. Hey. God is coming back. Mm, so yeah, we need amen. to take the direction and then take a serious one. Yeah. So I, I need to share something about in my own perspective. In my time as a youth worker, I found that some of the deepest suffering that we have to go through often comes at the hands of those around us. Yes. Yeah, so true. So true. Where in the form of being bullied, suffering from abuse, or even being persecuted for the faith. So yeah. uh I don't know I I I I I face a lot such injustices mm. and many times uh I I really don't find the answer but yeah. one one of the one of the things I think I should maybe talk about is go to yeah. read the bible read the mm, word and yeah. then get to know what it means yeah and I to have you so I think uh, uh I think uh I'll just leave you with the Romans eight twelve mm. and uh, Proverbs uh, uh, Proverbs uh, uh, Proverbs sixteen eight yeah. yeah so that is a good one to yeah, yeah. tackle that because that is a very deep question and uh, I'll, I'll maybe handle that direction yeah mm. mate that's good yeah what were those verses Romans eight verse Romans eight verse twelve yeah. and then. Proverbs 16, verse 8. Sadly, Rasu, we're coming to the end of our time um, here, but it's been really, really, really good to hear from you. And there will be a video where Sandeep and Rasu try different British sweets, so do check that out. But I just wanted to ask you as a final thing, what would be like your one message to young people? What do you want to tell them to just engage in justice and to be part of seeing change Mm. in this world? My my last statement will be about, I'll I'll break it in two points. One will be, yeah, about loss and damage. Yeah. Uh, calling up to uh, our decision makers. Uh, I know someone told me, uh, don't think about US. He was a president of US, has no influence, he cannot say anything. He has no uh, power in uh, Republicans. Uh, yeah, politics now coming in, something mm. which is very. Scientists have told us about this. Mm. Our greatest fear, or oh, my greatest fear, that is, I have no time to hear, to be here. Mm. I'm not going to live here. I'm not going to live longer. I don't know when I'm dying. I don't yeah. know when I'm living. But what I take care of or what I think about is the generation to come. Yeah. You might yeah, be a Republican, you might be uh, uh, a, demo- a Democratic or whatever in politics. But remember, you're leaving a legacy. We shall read about mm-hmm. you. And yeah. coming generations will read about you. So take the action. A successful leader without success and is a successful failure. So we need to take say that the, again. That was powerful. That is, say yeah, that again. Say it again. A successful leader without successors is a successful failure. Wow, oh. that's challenging. So our leaders should get to know that as they move on, they need to leave successors. Yeah. So we have a lot to learn from them, and that succession has to come now. 
Yeah. Yeah. So it's against this that I request them to take the action. The things of promising and without acting should end. Mm, In yeah. fact, should end. Yeah. yeah. Our hearts are broken. Yeah. And yeah. they are divided up into pieces. We need to mend them back. Yeah. And then trust them. Boom! For the youth out there, my 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 humble request to you all is take God as everything. Mm. So, uh, because he says. You are my own and I'm yours. Mm. You know, uh, as the Bible says, uh, God is a uh, uh, God. God takes as church. You know, God is God is married to the church. Yeah. So that means He is responsible for the church. Yeah. So that means He's responsible for you. It's against this that you need to take a tough decision in your life. Uh, there are injustices that we make. There are things that we do. You're good at bullying your friends. You're good at doing a lot of things, but take care of yourself and watch out for what you're doing. So, about the environment, let's come together. Let's yeah. get dirty. Let's really <laughs> yeah. be. Let, yeah. Let's really be muddy, like about yeah. the environment. Yeah. Let's come together. Yeah. I love that. I love Thank that. you. That's a really powerful thing to end on. It. I was just trying to find it on my phone, but there's a verse in Ecclesiastes that says, "Don't forget about your Creator while you're young." Yeah. And it's that, it's that what you're saying, like, make God your everything and see what he can do to make the, the impossible possible. And you know what? Yeah. God read Psalms 119. Psalm. How can yes. a young man keep his way pure? Getting in the word of God. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so. That's it. Yeah. I love it. Getting into preaching. I love it. It's so good. Listen, thank you so much, Arasto, yeah, coming all the way from Uganda here for us to hear from you. From the Pearl of Africa. Oh, yeah, the yeah, Pearl yeah. of exactly. Africa. Yeah. Absolutely. Will you take us there one day? Please come. Yeah. I will take you, but I will invite you. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> we'll join you there. Yeah, yeah. Listen, yeah. thank you for joining us on YouTube. If you're watching us, make sure you subscribe and hit the notification bell. And if you're joining us on our Together podcast, then thank you for listening. And we'll see you next time. Now, Adam, just me and you for the roundup today. You were filming as we spoke to Erasto, so I wanted to know what stood out to you. Yeah, I, this is, I, I, uh, I met Arasto in, in Glasgow for COP26. And yeah, every time, I, the, both times I've met him, the thing that's come across is just his like joy and like love for creation and for the world. Like when he's talking about Uganda and he's describing it as like the pearl of Africa and he's talking about the hills that he lives on and stuff. And it makes me want to go to Uganda for sure. That, yeah, that, that kind of love for creation and for the, like, the creator as well really stood out to me in this. Uh, I thought I thought his his answer to the the three people that he wanted to sit down and have dinner with, I think as a Christian, you, every everybody's going to say God or Jesus or you know. That's, yes, you that's, don't. That's, you know, that's, you yeah, feel that's bad. A, <laughs> that is a that is a standard answer. Um, but then he he obviously had the one about his dad, which is really touching. But then I thought his other his one about meeting world leaders, about meeting the Chinese president Xi Jinping, and meeting Boris Johnson, and those world leaders showed his like his desire really to challenge power and and get into those places and just be like, what what are you doing? Why are you doing it? Like, what look what you're doing to where I live and you know the people in my communities, you know, taking that mm. like accountability to the very top. I think that's really cool. Yeah, I thought that was really good, especially when he said that, like, you know, check out people's Instagram followers and stuff like the people who do have influence are religious leaders. I thought that was a really good I don't. I guess it was just really encouraging again to be like, yeah, a lot of people attend church like every week. We're following our like leaders. We trust that Jesus is like speaking through them. So actually, that is what authority looks like in the kingdom rather than just authority in the political sphere.
Mm-hmm. So yeah, I agree that that was really good. Yeah, and he, he talked a bit about like that interfaith relationship as well and how, you know, n- really not anybody of any faith in that context was represented at COP26. But I think I think it was something you said that you said, like, you know, more people in the world are religious than are non-religious. So it doesn't make sense to completely remove religion from the equation, like at all from science, you know, those they can um, work together, you know, there's great climate scientists like Catherine Hayhoe, who are religious and scientists um, at the same time. So having those, like, it, it, it seems strange that we just sort of like completely separated them and there's nothing, you know, we have albeit limited representation from other countries and that's a whole a whole nother issue but also yeah religious and and you know um representation for people with different people's beliefs as well yeah especially as he was there as well i think like it's obviously not good hearing that he didn't feel as if people were properly represented but i think it's important again for that to be like said every time we talk about climate it's like who is being represented who are the decisions being made and same with what jack was saying about we really need to listen to indigenous peoples from the ipcc report like it just keeps coming up again and again but i guess the question is like will we like will people actually center um those facing it into the conversation another thing i liked as well was um like using competitions to get people involved in climate campaigning because let's be honest like as much as you care everyone's driven by like wanting to win or getting a prize or something so I just thought that was really like oh maybe I should you know what change do I want to see in my life and like how can I create a competition out of it to make it happen yeah and I think like it's really tricky as well like you hear so much about climate change and so much about the environment now that if you're if you haven't been interested so far more like facts and figures and things probably aren't going to interest you more if you've already heard most of them anyway. So that kind of, yeah, getting people involved with competitions and, you know, fun things like he was talking about a festival for children and stuff and using that as a, as a way of like planting trees and teaching them a bit about the environment and stuff, having that way of getting people sort of interested through another means. And then maybe they'll, they'll continue that, um, that interest and that research um, and that curiosity forward. But yeah, if you've liked what you heard today, make sure to hit subscribe and follow us on Instagram at We Are Tear Fund. Give us a follow on Spotify or whatever um, where you're listening to us. Please give us a rating out of five as well. We love any kind of feedback, whether it's positive or negative. You know, as they say, all publicity is good publicity. So even if you don't like us, we want to know. But yeah, that's all from us today and see you soon for another episode. Bye.